You're listening to the Disney Burrito, Episode 3. everyone what is good my name is jeremy and i'm corinne and you're listening to episode three of the disney burrito welcome back everyone hi how was your week it was good it was good how was it good well we our peach tree just produced a whole bunch of peaches we got over 120 pounds that's right we gave a whole bunch away and put a bunch up in the freezer and still have a lot on our counter now right now so it smells like peaches in our house right now yeah this time last year the same kind of thing uh fruit flies return house (laughs) smells like peaches we have an enormous amount of peaches but can't complain uh we are blessed with that and we absolutely love it and so do our kids yeah especially in the middle of winter whenever we have ice cream we can put peaches on top of that and it's so good yeah you're right about that (laughs) So last week also, I don't know if you knew this, it was Talk Like a Pirate Day. Did you know that? I, I saw that. <laughs> yes. Did you did you talk like a pirate? I was at work. I talked like a I, I was talking like a pirate to a fellow coworker and she looked at me like I was weird <laughs> and I had to tell her. She goes, Oh, okay. But Yeah, the girls I did it for a little bit and they're like, I think that's weird, Mom. I'm like, Okay, all right, we're done. <laughs> Oh, I wish. I, I, I wish we could have been at Disney World at Pirates of the Caribbean for Talk Like a Pirate Day. That would have been a lot of fun. <laughs> it would have been. So something that I know, I don't know if you saw it on social media, it was recently posted, but there was, a, did you see the thing about the service dog at Disney World Epcot? No. Oh, okay. So go out to social media. It's easy to find. I think it was posted on Thursday or Friday, just within the last couple of days. There is an autism service dog and nala is the dog's name and there's a little video on social media and nala is laying on donald duck who they claim is her favorite and donald is literally just petting nala the service dog and she's a golden retriever which makes it even cuter and nala has her eyes closed and donald just keeps petting her squatting down petting her while (laughs) nala's laying on her lap and then after a while nala gets up as all wonderful golden retrievers do and looks as happy as can be and and donald just keeps petting her and and she looks just uh absolutely fantastic and and happy and uh melts your heart to mm-hmm. to look at it Most and definitely. even better it's a service dog um and it's just a wonderful thing to see mm-hmm. I, I like seeing those feel not just feel good stories but um just a service dog um in that photo just helping that, the community yeah. and making it more inclusive for everyone yeah so that was that was really neat to see on social media it's a neat way to kind of really also start off this 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 week's podcast so we have a lot to cover today so last week we talked about the billion mark that mm-hmm. disney went over there was an article with toy story 4 and this crossed one billion dollars at the global box office Wow. So it, the billions just keep coming and coming and coming uh, to Disney. So I wanted to share that that Toy Story 4 became Walt Disney Studios' fifth billion-dollar release of 2019. So through August 14th, the film has earned an estimated of $1.0017 billion worldwide. Wow. So Toy Story 4 now marks the number eight biggest animated movie of all time, which joins Incredibles 2, Fighting Dory and Toy Story 3 to become the fourth Pixar film and second Toy Story film to reach the 1 billion milestone. Wow. Yes. And what's awesome is uh, the fourth Pixar film. I like that. Yeah, absolutely. So it has an <laughs> No eight... surprise from this family. <laughs> no. It's got an A cinema score, an exceptional 97% fresh critic score on Rotten Tomatoes, which is cool. Toy Story 4 made its domestic debut on June 20th. And that was with 120.9 million. It was the one of the biggest openings ever for an animated film. Wow! I didn't know that. I, didn't I, I probably heard that before, but I, you know, it, it shed light again to me. So it's earned 421.8 million domestically to date, to stand as the number five animated film ever. So internationally, Toy Story 4 has earned 579.9 million. The debut still to come in Germany. So we're still waiting for it in Germany and across Scandinavia. It's the number two animated release of all time in the UK with $75 million. Wow. 
In Japan, Toy Story 4 continues to perform very strongly with current cumulative gross of 77 million. In Mexico, Toy Story 4 is the biggest industry film in admissions with cumulative gross of $72 million. Wow, crossing $1 billion at the box office. So Germany and Scandinavia coming next, and it looks like it's just going to keep increasing yeah. from there. That's um, That seems unreal, but it makes sense, though, with it, something that appeals to the entire family and continuing that story of Toy Story. It's, yeah, especially, you know, that's that's the fourth installment of Toy yeah. Story. And, and there's a lot of critics that look at sequels and like, oh, it's not going to be yeah. that great. Look at that. Well, but, and not only that, it's... It's just a continuation of the story. Like other sequels do not seem to be the same type of idea where they were able to take this and make it into, you know, years over years to make it into something that's more realistic, more fun. I think that's awesome. So really cool follow up there. And another follow up I'd like to continue on is this whole Bob Iger thing. So last week we talked about, you know, Iger stepped down. Big news out there from mm-hmm. the Apple board. But actually, there was also some news out there that there was a possibility of an Apple-Disney merger. Now, I remember hearing rumors of this, and in 2017, I think they talked about that as well. But, um, you know, Disney has a lot in its corporate entity of of what they own. And I I can't imagine an Apple-Disney merger. I see some, you know, I see pros and cons. I see some really good things, especially if Steve Jobs was still alive to this day of what could have came from that. Um, But here's, I wanted to share with you how Bob Iger says it could have happened. So there's a new book that's coming out that that the Disney CEO, Iger, describes his close relationship with Steve Jobs and what could have been. So let me uh, go over this article with you really quick. So Apple and Walt Disney Company could have merged if they say if Steve Jobs had not passed away. Uh, the Disney chief executive officer, Bob Iker, believes um, they published this in Vanity Fair on Wednesday. Uh, here's an excerpt from his Iker's upcoming autobiography, uh, which he details his close relationship with Jobs. And just backtracking, Jobs died of cancer back in 2011. So mm-hmm. it's been eight years. So it was a bond that helped pave the way to Disney's $7.4 billion purchase of Jobs' other company, Pixar Animation, in 2006. And Iger is quoted, I believe that if Steve were still alive, we could have combined our companies or at least discussed the possibility very seriously. So that deal, which had many doubters, of course, saved both companies. Iger mm-hmm. wrote, by giving Pixar vastly more resources and re-energizing a then-foundering Disney animation unit. Because at that time, the Disney animation unit was going right. downhill. And you also had back in the day with, um, oh my goodness, uh, John Lasser, I was drawing a blank there. He came in actually with mm-hmm. Meet the Robinsons and um, hit him and him and, and that Ed was Catmull. a great movie. It was too. good, and and they, he came in on that and helped with that. So mm-hmm. Pixar brought up some really great individuals in the animation industry, not just with technology and artistry, but story mm-hmm. and the foundations. Re bringing that back to Disney, and it's the whole point of that movie was keep moving forward, and so they really were re-energizing themselves, make re. Um, imagining themselves, which is, I think, what Disney's, like, that was his plan the whole time. He always Mm -hmm. wanted things being changing and Mm -hmm. moving forward. That was his main thing. Another thing that Iger wrote was that Jobs appreciated boldness. Well, of course, if you ever read anything about Steve Jobs and and his expectations of what he demanded from not only himself, but from his designers, his company, um, Jobs was very bold Mm -hmm. when it came to uh, what he believed in towards his company. And, and Jobs gave him a sneak, I'm going off track here, and Jobs gave him a sneak peek at Apple's new video iPod back in the day. I feel old now to say that, <laughs> video too. iPod, before it had been announced after Iger one day mentioned to Jobs the idea of an iTunes platform for TV shows. Huh, interesting. <laughs> so the exact thing Jobs had been secretly working on at the time. Right. Which led to Disney's ABC signing on to provide content for the fledgling Apple iTunes video streaming service. So they were kind of going downhill on their streaming service. So Iger also said Jobs vouched for him to the CEO of Marvel Studios during a key point in acquisition negotiations back in 2009 that helped smooth that deal, which like Pixar has proved lucrative for Disney, of course they have, while Jobs was Disney's largest shareholder. Iger said Jobs told him, you can't think of me as that. That's insulting. I'm just a good friend. Iger said that about an hour before the announcement of the Disney-Pixar deal, Jobs took him aside and revealed his cancer diagnosis. Wow. I think I owe you the right, given the knowledge, to back out of the deal, Jobs told him. 
Iger said he quickly rejected the offer to back out. I had no idea if I was doing the right thing, but I quickly calculated that Steve was not material to the deal itself, mm. although he certainly was material to me. Iger then stated that night he told his wife, who had known Jobs for years, and instead of toasting what had been a momentous day in the early tenure as CEO, we cried together over the news. With every success the company has had since Steve's death, there's always a moment in the midst of my excitement when I think, I wish Steve could be here for this, Iger wrote. Hmm. It's impossible not to have the conversation with him in my head that I wish I could be having in real life. More than that, I believe that if Steve were alive, or if he still was alive, we would have combined our companies or at least discussed the possibility very seriously. Wow. Yeah. Imagine that. Imagine that. Yeah. And, and, and what would have come of that? I don't know. I mean, I'm not a financial analyst, no. but what would have come of that if, if Disney and Pixar merged a little bit, you know, more hand in hand, not just on distribution rights right. or anything like that? But um, would we see the Fox deal today? Would we see now he helped him pave the way for Marvel? But what would have come of that? What kind of what kind of innovation? What kind of direction would we have seen at Pixar Animation Studios and Disney Animation Studios? Because those are still separate entities, even though they still. Under Absolutely. the same umbrella, yeah. so wow, it's it's yeah, the possibilities are endless. But uh, so Iger's got an autobiography that's coming out. I don't have that date available for you, but um, I don't know if What's I'm going to. What's the name of it? I don't know. Okay, <laughs> I need to look at that. <laughs> okay, why'd you ask that question? <laughs> Keeping you on your toes. Yeah. So I think it's one I might read. So Corinne, Star Wars holiday special. Yes. Yes. One of the weirdest Star Wars um, <laughs> shows I have ever seen in my life. Yeah, it's going to kind of date us on our age, but this came back out. This came in 1978, mm-hmm. back in the day. The year I was born. Whoop, whoop. Yeah, <laughs> I had seen it when I was little, and I thought it was cool when I was a kid. Well, it was on TV, yeah. and uh, but anyway, as years goes on, as years went on, it. It's just weird. <laughs> it's just a weird show. So, you know, I know you can see it on YouTube and I know, you know, we, we watched it together on YouTube as well. But here's some news as well. John Favreau wants to make a new Star Wars holiday special for Disney Plus. Which would be great. I think it would be. He's he's good at that stuff. <laughs> he is. And I don't know if he would make it as weird as it was back in 1978. Uh, you know. Um, just to pay homage to it or something? to. I don't know, but here, here's what the article states. I, uh, B. Arthur, you know who she is, mm-hmm. Golden Girls. Yes. She played Ekmina. She was a cantina, cantina bartender who serves drinks to every Thursday alien in the galaxy in the Star Wars holiday special that Lucasfilm put on. Um, basically, it was a polarizing part of Star Wars fandom. So let's face it, not everyone wants to sit and watch seeming Wookies wearing Snuggies. B. Arthur is serving drinks in a cantina to a bunch of rowdy aliens hiding out from stormtroopers. So Mark Hamill, who played Luke Skywalker, Mm -hmm. um, isn't a fan of the holiday special. I didn't know that, but he he wasn't a fan of that. But John Favreau, who's currently working on The Mandalorian for Disney+, um, he said that the holiday special represents a bit of nostalgia. And he's right, it does. I look back, and I, I don't think our kids have seen it. I think they do need to see it. And it's a good bit of nostalgia to see it. So he thinks it's worthy of a Disney reboot uh, on the Disney Plus. And I, you know, I, I kind of agree with him. I'd like to see that, it, you know. It's interesting to see what he will do with it. Mm-hmm. Whether he's going to, like, take what's there and do it again or if he's actually going to change it up. I agree. I, You know, we'll see what he does. There's a lot coming out. And uh, once again, keeps inching closer and closer to Disney Plus. And I think every episode we're probably going to mention that. <laughs> Definitely. And then we'll mention it afterwards, what we've seen <laughs> and what we right. haven't seen yet. <laughs> so also, here's a cool thing. If you are a D23 member, there is an official tour of Walt Disney Studios coming up that you can sign up and go and do. I would love to be a part of this. <laughs> it would be fun. Don't think I can take off work. Don't think I can go out there and see it. But it... I encourage anyone, register. If you're not a D23 member, go in there and register. This is a really cool thing, a studios tour. So basically, Gold and Gold family members, it would cost $80 a person to go do this, plus $7 per person processing fee, of course. Mm -hmm. General members for D23, it's $100 per person, plus $7 per person processing fee as well. 
And tickets are actually, as you're listening to this, go on sale Tuesday, September 24th at 10 a.m. Pacific time. That's 1 p.m. Eastern time. So go to the D23 site. Check on that when it's available. It's a really cool thing to do. So basically, they're celebrating the 10th anniversary of the official Disney fan club. All D23 members have even more opportunities to enjoy a two and a half hour tour of the Walt Disney Studios. So it's a visit to the office suite and the Walt Disney archives. The Walt oh, Disney wow. archives would be uh, a dream come true. How long is this tour? It's two and a half hours. Uh, to me, that's hardly long enough. <laughs> I know it's hardly long enough. <laughs> Do you get to actually look at the archives? Well, uh, okay. Good question. We're, All right. Good segue question because I'm <laughs> going to talk about it. So, on, so join your D23 tour guide on a stroll through the original animation building. Awesome. Oh, wow. Where beloved animated films such as Cinderella, Lady and the Tramp, The Jungle Book were created. See the historic sound stages used for filming such as Disney live action movies classics as 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, Mary Poppins, and Pirates of the Caribbean, The Curse of the Black Pearl. Plus, explore the beautiful Legends Plaza, which honor those who have made significant tr- contributions to the Disney legacy. So many guests will also recognize the exterior spaces on the lot, which have been featured in productions from the Mickey Mouse Club, <laughs> Absent Minded Professor, to Saving Mr. Banks, Muppets Most Wanted, and ABC's Blackish. Then you get to go explore the rich legacy and historical collections of the Walt Disney Company during a tour of the Walt Disney Archives and Walt Disney's restored 3H office suite, filled with the original furnishings, awards, and items from the Master Showman's personal collection. Upon exiting the suite, all guests will receive an an exclusive pin to commemorate this memorable experience. That's all in two and a half hours. Two and a half hours, yes. So wow. it's it's a you would probably running like, gun. Yes, <laughs> but the Disney archives—that is one place. Um, the history there, mm-hmm. not just the history, the artwork that is there is yes. absolutely phenomenal. Would love to go there. To me, eighty dollars to one hundred dollars is worth it. That's something that's a once in a lifetime mm-hmm. theme for me. So that is worth it. It's so something you've always wanted to do too. Right. Pixar as well. Yes. I wish I, I would pay money to see that. Um, or stand outside <laughs> the studio and say, <laughs> I'm here. We'll take out your trash <laughs> to let me in to take out your trash. <laughs> then while I'm taking out the trash, I can poke Just around. Just cruise around and <laughs> look and see what's on everyone's computers. <laughs> Talk to some of the, the, the directors. Um, that would be awesome. So guests will also have the opportunity to shop at the Disney Studio Store and purchase items only available on the studio lot. So those dates for this tour or three dates, October 21st, November 18th, December 10th. Uh, it says the studio is at, uh, the tour is at 9.30 a.m., 10 a.m., 1.30 p.m., and 2 p.m. And the check-in will begin outside the Hyperion Bungalow at the Walt Disney Studios 15 minutes before your tour. Wow. Um, so how many people oh, in November are each? 9th. Okay, yep. so there's five dates, is that what you said? Four dates, October Four 21st, okay. November 18th, December 10th, November 9th. Uh, which also has looks like from this it's the same time as well uh, to times you can choose to go and where you're going to check in so yeah a running gun but what an experience that would be so get on there register as a d23 member general membership or a gold membership whatever you decide to do but it's a really cool club to be a part of and it's their 10-year anniversary Go and do that. Mm-hmm. What an opportunity to go do. And if you find yourself out in Disneyland or if you're, li- you're a listener out in California, what an awesome opportunity Absolutely. to do that. And speaking of Disneyland. Yes. And if you need me to help you plan a trip out there or to Disney World, um, you can contact me at corinne.iman at yourstorytravel.com. And my phone number is 719-237-1292. There's our commercial break. <laughs> there it is. So now we've got an also commercial break coming up with the Disney dad joke of the day. So, <laughs> but what a great, what a great way to segue into, you know, Disneyland. If you want to go to Disneyland, there's some new entertainment that's going to be there as well as Walt Disney World. But in Frontierland, they announced last week, uh, they're going to include a magi- magician. I cannot talk today. <clears throat> And dueling piano players. They're coming to the Golden Horseshoe in Disneyland and roaming Frontierland at Disneyland starting next week. That'd so be that, fun. that's next week starting the 23rd. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you can find that uh, in the Disney Parks information. Uh, so since the opening in 1955, Frontierland has played a host to a wide range of variety acts throughout there, from heroes on horseback to comedians and can can dancers. So this fall, Disneyland Park guests can look forward to some new entertainment on the Western Front. So a strolling magician arrives in town next, beginning next week on Monday the 23rd 
with astonishing demonstrations of sleight of hand and other tricks. So during which is tomorrow for us. That is that is correct. Yep. <laughs> and it'll be yesterday for everyone listening. <laughs> so during the well, yes, glad you shared that. So we're going forward and back. During the fall season, this master of magic can be found on the streets of Frontierland aboard the Mark Twain steamboat or mingling with patrons inside the Golden Horseshoe. So following later in the fall, the Golden Horseshoe lays out the welcome mat for a pair of piano players ready to challenge one another at good old-fashioned showdown. That would be fun. Side note here, if you've ever seen Who Framed Roger Rabbit, you see a dueling piano scene with uh, Donald Duck and Daffy Duck. Mm-hmm. That'd be kind of funny if they had something like that it would be but they'll take turns playing iconic tunes of the old west and even take requests from the audience so if you think oh. you can stop stump them you'll have to stop in and give it your best shot so <laughs> mosey on over to Frontierland and the golden horseshoe this fall and say hello everybody new performers will be mighty glad to meet you and once again you can book that through my wonderful wife corinne so reach out to her if you uh have a plan to go out to disneyland i highly recommend it and then moving on to more entertainment here's some more news um, unfortunately, well, not unfortunately so much, it's not so much of a negative thought, but positive too. There's always comings and goings with all the entertainment venues in Walt Disney World and Disneyland. There's always ending to shows and, mm-hmm. you know, new things coming up. But one thing that to me, it's, it's been short lived, but there's some cuts coming to Epcot at Walt Disney World. Uh, and that is one of the things that is called the story of Coco, uh, to show that literally just started this March, um, and it's going to end on next week, September 28th. Uh, so not much time to uh, see that, but they're kind of changing some things up. So the Mariachi Corre Reformers will continue at the Mexico Pavilion. So starting October 5th, the band's schedule will be a Sunday through Thursday with show times at 11 a.m., 11.45 a.m., 12.30 p.m., 1.15 p.m., 2 p.m., 3.30 p.m., and 4.15 p.m. And on Fridays and Saturdays, the, the Maramba de la Americas will perform. The Jamiters in the future world will have performances reduced to only five days a week as well. The Japan Pavilion, Pavilion will also have their performances cut to five days a week. So this all starts September 29th, and that's actually when the Skyliner uh, opens up as well on that same date. Uh, these acts will perform Thursday through Monday, and no more Tuesday and Wednesday shows. So... Some cuts here and there, but it doesn't seem like an awful lot of cuts. And we're not even at the end of the fiscal year yet. So there's going to be a lot more things starting at the beginning of that, which is October 1st. And we are going to talk about that in our next episode of some of the shows. And one of the main shows at Epcot that is coming in the entertainment area and some of the new stuff that's going to be added. So next week uh, we'll have we'll talk about that a little more in depth uh, because we'll be starting the new fiscal year with Disney and the new stuff they have coming out. Yep. So, Corinne, have you ever dreamt of working for Walt Disney Animation Studios? I know I haven't, but I know that you have. Well, yeah, I always do. I'm a little bit old for it now. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah. (laughs) But they offer a tremendous internship program. And this year, their interns put out a really cool creation. They got to put together a one-minute, about a one-minute short, that they did everything on it. Um... They, they're, they're assisted by a great team of mentors in the animation industry from Walt Disney Studios. And the interns get to develop not only the story, they design it, they animated the characters, they wrote the scores for it, and everything in between that goes on to producing one of these. And this year, their short, it's really cool what they did. And that title of it that you can check out, uh, you can Google it on YouTube or go to Disney Animation Studios, it's called Maestro. And, and it's a really neat little short is what it is it is how awesome that you get to go and be an intern at walt disney number one number two you get to produce something as well and not only and you get to give it to disney fans and it's going to be shown to so many people also oh yeah so it gives a haunted mansion feel to it and you know a little bit here and there it opens up with this title screen of maestro a little bit of rolling thunder rumble of thunder whatever and a guy comes out and uh, he's investigating the noise. Things are moving. So opening, closing of drawers, floating Which becomes objects. this whole musical thing. Yes. And it's really neat how it, they tied that in. It, yeah, a Fantasia vibe to it. Yes, absolutely. Say, with the brooms are dancing. Um, Everything, it's making tinkling noises. And he even sneezes at one point for like something. And it's really... It's just fun the way they did it. It is. So I was waiting for the, you know, the Mickey Sorcerer, uh, Sorcerer Mickey hat to appear, but 
you know, it didn't appear. That's that's quite all right. The score is really beautiful. The animation is really well done. Mm-hmm. And the story is extremely creative and very unique. So. It's short. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I want to give it all away. But go out there and it's see good. it. It's, it's really good. And, you know, as you can imagine, putting together a short film uh, and iconic studio such as Walt Disney Animation Studios in a short amount of time, that's not an easy task. So typically, many of the feature-length films that we know and that we love, they can take you know four to five years to create. Mm-hmm. Even and that's from story to development to the technology aspect of it, rewrites, uh, reshoots, all of the above. Even in today's world with computer animation, not just two D, you know, yeah, hand drawn. There's always hiccups. There's always things right. that need to be fixed all the way through. But somehow, uh, the mentors and these interns, they came together and put this entire short film together in just the nick of time. And I think the interns have a clearly a bright future ahead of them. Uh, it's really cool. Go out and check out the the little short Maestro online and uh, enjoy it. It's it's really cute ending. And like I said, it's only about a minute long. Mm-hmm. And even I like watching end credits because, you know, they always show artwork and such things. And I was kind of hoping there was going to be something at the end. But little spoiler there. But the artwork, the the concept art during the end credits is really cool too. But check out the names. Maybe there'll be some future animators and future people that will be with Disney. Yeah. In those names. All right. So I feel well, that's all I have, and I feel that it's time to move on to the Disney dad joke of the day. What do you say? Yes, it's so cute. <laughs> <laughs> all right. See you soon. What should you say if Donald throws a ball at you? Uh, I don't know. Duck. <laughs> Get it? Donald Duck. Today, actually, we had both of our two little ones, uh, Leigh and Riley, with us. So Riley's a little shy, so yes. she hasn't been involved with that. I absolutely, I hope you all that you know everyone that's listening. I hope you enjoy those. It's a really nice break for us and to involve our little girls in this, and they absolutely love it. Uh, Disney fans as well, and they absolutely love it. Absolutely. I think right now they're watching some Disney movies as we're recording this. <laughs> yes, <laughs> but yeah. Okay, so the day that that, um, you are listening to this should be the 24th, and um, we have a couple of things that are coming out of the the vault again. One of them is Sleeping Beauty, which is my all-time favorite movie, princess movie, for sure. You always remind me. Always. It's the only VHS, whenever I was little, that I totally wore out. My parents had to, like, throw it away because it would not work anymore. I watched it. All the time whenever I was little. And I believe also in our, my last trip to Disney World, I was supposed to say hi to Princess Aurora for it. Because I was going around getting videos yeah, of the princesses. Yeah, he did for our girls, our girls' favorites. I didn't get to meet Princess Aurora. <laughs> but next time. Next soon, time. Soon will be enough. Yes. <laughs> I'll get to meet her myself. <laughs> okay. So it is coming out, the Signature Collection, which has a few new things on it. Um, and I was thinking as a family, I thought we'd give you some ideas and maybe we will do this ourselves because it is my favorite movie. Of course we will. Yes. Um, so one of the things that you can do, um, cause you know, snacks are huge for Disney and very much a part of, of the culture there. And, um, <clears throat> one of the things that I found off of the healthy um, they have fruit skewers topped with stan- sandwich stars. And what you do is you have the sandwich and then you have the fruit on the skewers and you have three different colors. So you have the blackberries, raspberries, and grapes for all three fairies. Oh, you had me lost. Flora, fauna, and Meriwether. <laughs> that's, that's, that's clever. Oh, so it's really cute. So not so, sandwiches, sandwich fruit. No, you put the sandwich on the end as a star. Oh, oh. And then, like, you know, then the fruit Mm. is on the wand. So the star is the end of the wand, and then the fruit is, like, the handle. So it's really cute. A lot of fun. And then for dessert, um, there is off of PixieDustSavings.com, there's something called Aurora's Princess Chex Mix. And it uses edible glitter 
<laughs> yeah, so, you know me. So you can choose yeah. pink or blue or pink or blue. I think that was my favorite part of that movie. I always wanted a dress that I could be like, oh, pink, nope, blue. So that was one of the things I think I loved as a little girl. Because who doesn't yeah. like that? <laughs> what a fun way to enjoy watching a classic again. Absolutely. And also on that day, they also have 101 Dalmatians signature collection coming out also. And um, one of the things that I found, uh, of course, you could do Puppy Chow, which, you know, is like, or Muddy Buddies, is, you know, another name mm-hmm. for it. Um, you could up the game and make Cookies and Cream Puppy Chow. I found this on yourcupofcake.com, and it has Oreos in it. And the good thing about it is, is it doesn't use peanut butter. The original recipe for Puppy Chow Muddy Buddies has peanut butter. So you use white chocolate and milk chocolate, and then with the powdered sugar, you put the Oreos crushed up, and you shake it all, you know, on the chocolate, and it sounds amazing. (laughs) And then for, okay, so that's for dessert. And for dinner that night, you could have pizza and you could put black olives on it for your dots. There you go. All your spots. Something simple. Yes, absolutely. So, And that was my idea. I didn't find that anywhere. I just thought that'd be fun. <laughs> so what a fun way to enjoy classic Disney entertainment yes. and entertain your family for a movie night in yes. and, and having a themed you know, food revolve around that. What a yep. fun idea. What a fun thing to do. That's really mm-hmm. cool. Entertain your family for next to nothing you have to eat anyway so you might as well make it fun (laughs) okay so also i found that um, because we are big pixar fans and we absolutely loved toy story 4 how many times are you going to tell them that we know (laughs) until we get a call (laughs) from pixar um (laughs) so um you know how that um woody decided i hope everyone has seen toy story 4 i'm gonna give a spoiler alert so if you haven't Eh, go for it okay (laughs) all right it's past one billion i think everyone everyone who's gonna see it has seen it okay so anyway you know that woody decided to join Bo pete to live a life without an owner proving that toys do not necessarily need kids to make happy to make them happy so the movie changed like there was an alternate ending that has been revealed oh so it was given to entertainment weekly ahead of its inclusion on the film's home media so as you know with um animated movies they storyboard you know there's all kinds of ideas that thrown out there they throw some away some of them you know just get storyboarded some of them even get animated but are in the final film that things always get cut whatever so I don't like this new ending because I think it just totally goes against everything that was previous in it. But you can tell So this us... is one you're saying that they push aside, but it was almost there. Yes. I, so that's what it sounds like on this. Okay. I haven't seen it. It's supposed to be on um, whenever they release the, the Blu-ray okay. and the digital. It's supposed to be on there is oh, what I'm so understanding. Spoiler alert on that one. Yes. All right. So, in the scene that was cut, Bo congratulates Woody on uniting the toys with kids before spotting Harmony, the girl who pops into the store multiple times in the film. Now, if you remember, Harmony was the girl who, um, she pretty much rejected Gabby and made Gabby become like, because Gabby was obsessed with her. And then whenever she rejected her, it was like a horrible thing. But the toys helped her find a new owner. Yeah, it was kind of sad at that part. It was very sad. I was I was actually very surprised whenever they included that. I was I was very surprised. So anyway, Bo in the alternate ending realizes that Harmony is the one for her, and her and Woody say a fond farewell. I don't like it. Wow. Huh. I th- I think it would totally change the entire feel of the movie. Yeah. And to me, I don't know, just the way that Harmony almost seemed like a spoiled brat. Can I say that? <laughs> yeah, you can say that. <laughs> but she, because whenever she like totally rejected the doll, it was like, uh, you know, like whatever. And uh-huh. it wasn't, you, I don't know. I just don't think that that would be, I think Bo Peep, how, who she had become was who she was supposed to be. It just wouldn't make sense unless they had some other rewrites earlier that they, yeah. they scratched. They but... would have to change how her attitude was right before. Because she was like, look, we get to like see all of these kids all the time and mm-hmm. enjoy it and not have to have one single owner. We can enjoy 
helping other toys and all of that. And I see why they probably, well, in my opinion, they scratched that because of the whole tone of the movie was moving on. And, yes. And that independence, even though they're not so independent at the end and what they're going to do and help other toys. But Absolutely. yeah. So, wow. So we'll get to see that on the Blu-ray then on that yep. release. And that comes okay. out. So it will be released digitally on October the 1st oh. with the DVD and Blu-ray release following on October 8th. And then in the UK, the film will be released on October 21st. It looks like we're going to be also reviewing some of that stuff coming up. Absolutely. So, yeah, we'll, we'll be getting that and we will do a review of that and uh, all the extras that usually come along with with all the Pixar, you know, as well as the Disney uh, Blu-rays that come out there. So once again, you said what the DVD Blu-rays on October 1st? Um, they it's released digitally, digitally on October digitally 1st. October 1st. Then okay. the um, actual physical DVD and Blu-ray release on October 8th. And I think you can pre-order already online. I saw through Disney. Okay. Wow. Well, that was a bit of a turn of a thought. Now I'm thinking of some other things with that, <laughs> but let, let's, you know, that being said, let's move on. So Walt Disney uh, Pictures is known for not only its magical stories, it's impressive animation. And of course, as we all know, it's princesses. Of course. Yeah. So over the past few years, princess films, um, not just the past few years, the a lot of years, That's have been a cornerstone for Disney <laughs> and the company's release for uh, many royal original stories and adaptations. Um, a lot of them have been critically successful, while others have been actually just looked down upon other reviewers. We actually found out there, uh, do you remember that site that they had? Oh, no, I don't. You don't? I can look that up for Let you. So up. I probably have mine on my phone, too. Let's see who can find it first. No, you can <laughs> my phone's on airplane mode oh that's right so there's an article out there that rated uh the top 13 disney princess movies and we were reading this and i thought oh you know that would be kind of fun as well to do and so corinne and i actually came up with our list of our top 13 i didn't and... quite get 13 because i tried to do it all from memory well that, right <laughs> which you should have done from memory <laughs> i know i'm just saying that i'm going i i couldn't I couldn't put anyone else down. So that site is actually cinemablend.com. And they ranked the their version of the top 13 all Disney princess movies. And they ranked those. Now, this is on the eye of the beholder, basically, yes. of, of how you see things. So you and I will have probably... I didn't necessarily agree with some of these that they had on their ranking. I didn't read them until I was completely done with my list. There you go. Well, that's good. And <laughs> and not everyone's going to agree with mine, but you know, let's just jump right in. I'm going to jump in first with what Cinema Blend put out there on their 13 ranked. So at number 13, they have Pocahontas. Okay. And they believe it was an intriguing idea, um, but they just didn't really think it really hit the mark um they felt that the villain was generic most of the music wasn't memorable actually i thought it was i thought the music was really good right my younger brother nick who runs the Moscapades podcast uh actually got me that cd uh, for my 16th birthday back in the day and i literally would listen to okay. that going to bed that may be too much information for some <laughs> listeners, but I would have that on. And I could literally, when we watch it, I, you know, I know, I know. Yes, you always sing every yeah. word. <laughs> so, but anyway, they, they, they ranked that 13. Okay. And then at number 12, they ranked the movie Cinderella. Um, basically, they ranked this uh, at number 12 because they thought it was cute. But they also felt that the cat's attempt to catch Cinderella and the mouse friends and everything else uh took the focus of Cinderella away from the characters that we're supposed to care about, uh, that we're supposed to care about. And uh, so they ranked that at 12 because of that. They ranked Brave at number 11. Mm. Um, I liked Brave. I thought it was, I mean, they're not saying they don't like you'll, it. They you'll just ranked it at in 11. A minute. You'll see how high mine is. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they believe Brave suffered a bit from the fact of Merida's want and her need of dynamic never changes over the course of the story. And I disagree. And and they felt that it was a somewhat unsatisfying character arc. So, eh. And then at number 10, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. And actually Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, um, looking at all the metrics that are out there, not just financials, but also reviews, et cetera, et cetera, is actually Disney's number one all-time 
uh, Princess movie when it came into money and reviews, etc. Really? But, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, okay. it is. So number 10, they ranked that as uh, Snow White, Seven Dwarves at number 10. Um, it's always going to be an important part of Disney film history. It's their first ever uh, full-length animated film. Mm-hmm. Um, they believe that it had great music. And the Wicked Queen was apparently so legitimately terrifying for little kids that themes had a tendency to get messy in the theaters. <laughs> um, well, I kind of see that because she is pretty cruel. I mean, she wants yeah. to kill her. She wants her heart. Disney did. He did his job. I know he did he his did. job. <laughs> um, so they, that's because Snow White is the most, isn't the most exciting main character in the Disney history. All the seven dwarves that surround her do a great job to make up for that. The ride at Disney World is absolutely fantabulous. Number nine, Princess and the Frog. This was when Disney went back to their 2D uh, mm-hmm. animation roots. Um, you know, it's actually a really good, it is a good movie. Uh, they put Tiana's up there with Cinderella as the hardest working woman in a Disney princess movie. The jazz soundtrack. Yep. Love the jazz. Yeah, really it's top notch. They believe the villain was underrated. Um, then they also believe that the loss of hand-drawn animation is a travesty. And that's evidence of that being at that rank. Moving along to number eight, we have Tangled. Now, once again, this is Cinema Blend's uh, version uh, of their rankings. Tangled, um, to me, it's a, it's a personal favorite of mine. Um, they believe that the animation on Rapunzel's hair is worth checking out. The technical mastery alone, uh, yes, it is. And really cool fact here. This is not from the article, but just from Disney history. So Keen, who did uh, the main character design for the Beast, um, his daughter is uh, one of the 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 animators. I'm sorry, not the animators. One of the the artists that worked on the design of backgrounds. Really? Yeah. So anyway, really That's cool thing fun. there. Um, they believe that uh, Mother Gro- Mother Gothel is so much worse than any of the other Disney villains. Um, her only ability to be able to psychologically manipulate Rapunzel in that way, the only worst sort of a mother can. Um, anyway, so these are some odd opinions in my mind. Number seven, Little Mermaid is what they, ran- uh, they ranked. And... That was when the Disney and uh, the Renaissance kind of mm-hmm. started, actually. Yep. Uh, they they believe that Ariel is easy to love. The soundtrack is one of the best that Disney produced. The ending leaves a little something to be desired, though. Ariel doesn't really grow as a character in any meaningful way. But when you fall in love with her dream, it's hard to want her to get into anything else. Number six, they ranked Aladdin. Uh, I thought it was actually the animated version. I thought was absolutely phenomenal. They believe the genie is what makes the movie, without question. Funniest movie on the list for him alone. Uh, one of the top that you have great music, an exciting adventure featuring a princess combined into a near-perfect movie. So they're just basically saying the genie kind of took over from that. That's the, their reasoning. They put Sleeping Beauty at number five. Uh, the third of Disney's classic princess movies. Um I disagree. Yep. The art style <laughs> for you. Yeah. The art style, which combines art deco elements and classic medieval art. I like that. I like it when they change things up like mm-hmm. that. And they, you know, it's just like in Wally. Oh man, don't quote me on this. I, I think it's, they don't hear any dialogue until 22 minutes in. It's right. a visual artistry and it's just, I like it when they change things up like that. Right. So anyway, and I, I know. And it didn't open up with a book on and, Wally where it does, you know. Right. I know we're them. not talking about Wally, but it just gives you an example of like right. what Sleeping Beauty did. And mm-hmm. I, I remember telling you, we were watching this just last week. Mm-hmm. Um, Disney, actually, you can find this out there. He wasn't quite happy with his his background artist when they were going this direction, this kind of uh, look. Uh, but no other film had before or had since this kind of a medieval art look to it, this art deco look. So. Um, they believe Aurora falls somewhat into the Snow White trap, uh, being the victim. And I see that. Yeah, I, I totally you know, see that. Disney does that here and there. Yeah. The bickering fairies also have a tendency to be more annoying and entertaining. Eh, in the eye of the beholder. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it does have one of the most memorable antagonists in the film history, along with an action-packed finale and a truly beautiful look. So, yes. And we have Maleficent movies coming from that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, anyway. That's coming out next week? Maleficent? No, no, no. It's no. coming out. No, it's coming out in October. In October. Yep. Okay. So Mulan is ranked at number four. Very unique among the Disney princesses. Um, technically, she's not a Disney, technically not a princess, neither of royal blood, nor does she marry anybody who is. Um, 
but that's according to the rules of being a Disney princess. So there are <laughs> rules for that. Um, but they look at Mulan as an act of heroism. And she did certainly show that they do believe um, she's the most proactive princess of the lot, which makes for a character that you truly root for. And Eddie Murphy's comedic sidekick yes. is no genie, but he is funny. But he's, well, that's what they, you know. Yeah. Yeah. It's not a genie. It's not the same type of character to me. Right. And we're getting ready for a live action on that. Number three, Frozen. Um, yes, it's very popular with Let It Go, etc. with Elsa. Um, they do believe that is both a welcome addition to the history of a princess movie in Frozen, also making a conscious uh, concession of the way those early films have become a bit more complicated over time. Perfect balancing act. Uh, and yes, there are two princesses in this one. And then come November 12th, I believe it is. No, no I'm well, wrong on my dates. We got Frozen 2 coming out late November around Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Number two, they have Moana. Great movie. Mm-hmm. It's a popular one in our family, especially amongst our two little girls. Um, so in her movie, she claims she's not a princess, but as Maui so succinctly puts it, if you wear, if you wear an, and a dress and have an animal sidekick, you're a princess princess. (laughs) (laughs) and she's the daughter of the chief that basically, basically makes her a princess. So most fans would agree. Um, and number one, Beauty and the Beast can't go wrong with that. So they rank Beauty and the Beast at number one. The one that grace they say the one of the greatest examples of hand-drawn animation ever and the music is without equal mm-hmm. um bell has all the grace of a classic disney princess while having an energy and a drive that is unique to her and i agree with that mm-hmm. so there you go a little bit time on that and then we you know we'll run through our list here pretty quickly if you don't mind you want to start sure Okay, so I have mine on sticky notes because I <laughs> literally, while he was reading, I'm like, ah, oh, no, I want to change it, change it, because I'm really bad Oh, about... so you're ever evolving then. So I am, because wow. honestly, you know, it's like our children. It's They're my favorite when they're the one that's doing everything that I ask them to do, you know, so it's probably like whatever I've watched recently. Um, so oh. I know that's, that's a funny way. All okay. right. So anyway, um, I guess I have, oh, I do have 13. Okay, so anyway. Um, Snow White and Seven Doors would probably be my number 13 on that list hmm. just because I don't it's whenever I'm looking to watch one of these movies with the girls I'm like don't pick that one don't pick that one and I you know like I have mm-hmm. all the rest of them I think I'd read after that would be Mulan and just because I kind of went well she's not really a princess but I don't know we'll see then after that would be <laughs> Cinderella um, there again it's kind of whenever I'm thinking of movies what am I going to watch first and so that's one of the, and then Princess and the Frog. I did love the music. I Absolutely. loved the story. Um, and this is where, okay, so like these top, the top 10 here, I could almost interchange them almost completely. So I, I'm just going to stick with my order right now and just say, this is what I'm doing. So, um, and I love that whole scene um, when they're in the bayou and they're singing and it's just the whole, the, the beauty of it and everything is just really neat okay then after that um i'm gonna say beauty and the beast i know that you think it should be a lot higher but (laughs) so talk later (laughs) and like i said it's always changing depending and after that tangled um what number are you on um let's see (laughs) i'm on eight that's number eight so number eight was what again tangled tangled okay yes so number eight was tangled and I remember whenever we watched that in the movie theater, um, we were actually in New Jersey at my brother's and after we were done, I was (laughs) like, I love this princess because she totally just became her own. She was Mm -hmm. strong and she had to like realize how strong she was. And I just thought it was such a cool thing. And that they were both willing to give up everything for each other at the very end, I thought was just, you know, that whole true love thing. And then um, after that would be Frozen. And there again, the artistry, the music, all that. Aladdin, I mean, that's number, what are we on, six? Um, You cannot go wrong with Aladdin. If you want to giggle through it, I mean, we watched it last week, the um, animated one. And I just... And the live action again. Yeah, Yeah. we did watch, we watched them both. And, but Robin Williams is a genius and you know just knowing that he's not here anymore and that but that we have these 
things that are his and that we can listen to his voice and listen to his genius is just amazing. So the genie is what made that for you, not Princess yeah. Jasmine. No, well, Princess Jasmine was good, but because okay. she did, you know, like stand up for herself. And, mm-hmm. you know, I don't want, I don't want our girls to see that. Like, you know, be strong, stand up for yourself. Don't just, mm-hmm. don't just be a victim. So <laughs> I like the, I'm a fast learner line where she's got the big pole vault kind of thing going from. Yes. And then the lad is like, Hey, like, oh, look at <laughs> so you. So that, that really defines her character <laughs> yes. besides her compassion in the city street. Okay. Absolutely. And then, um, after that would be little mermaid. Um, what number? let's see five. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> because I didn't number them. Um, yeah, just there again, the music is so good on that. Um, then after that would be Moana. So that's number four on my mm-hmm. list. And there again, she didn't need, and I, I don't know, that could be even higher on my list, but she didn't need Maui. She just, you know, she needed his help, but she didn't need him to come in and save her. And I love, so like whenever the grandmother comes and talks to her on the boat, whenever she's decided to pretty much give it up, that brings tears to my eyes because it makes me think of my own grandmother and how encouraging she was to me. And and then at the very end, whenever Moana sings um, to Taka and is like, right, you know, yeah. telling her, you know, like, mm-hmm. I know who you are. You've forgotten. You've been hurt. And that just, to me, that just is beautiful in the way that a woman is telling a woman, like, I see your beauty. I, you need to remember that who you are. And I, and I just want my girls to always think of that, too. So after that would be number three, um, Brave. And there again, she didn't end up with a prince. She mm-hmm. became her own and the relationship between the mother and daughter. And, you know, that that came out as our oldest daughter was becoming a teenager. And I'm going, okay, this is how it's going to be some, you know, and it's just that whole, like we had had, like we had had arguments a couple times and I'm going back to that movie and going, okay, this is, you know, <laughs> how mothers and daughters do this. And yeah. we need to see each other's perspectives. Okay. And then number two, and I know this is not on any of the lists, but I have to say Enchanted. I was going to ask you if it was, I didn't look at your list. And if you didn't put it on there, I was going to be like, what? Yes, okay. because. No, you're, you're, this is. Oh fun. my goodness. That movie. I love that movie. If you have not seen it, you have to see it. It makes fun of every princess movie about being the victim, about true love's kiss and about like falling in love on the same day and like you know how in frozen how he's like you're getting married to a man you just met but she she's not telling you that's how she looked at me <laughs> <laughs> carry on carry you, on you were saying, what? <laughs> what? it was your eyes um so anyway with enchanted you know the music in it i always how does she know that you love her so um that's one of my favorite. And of course, I've said this many times. You all know number one will always be Sleeping Beauty just because it's just always been my favorite. Well, good. That's. I think it's funny <laughs> how you, you, you maneuver. I think I only have two that I maneuver around. Um, but, you know, for time's sake, let me just jump into mine. Okay. Number 13 on my list, Cinderella. Um, maybe I, I thought the animation was wonderful. I look at that. I look at the story. I thought the story was great. I just think it's because the sign of the times, just that 1950s mentality. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't yeah. know. I was just Cinderella, poor old Cinderella, digging the mice, love her friends, love how they support her, but don't like how she's being treated. But eh, number 13. Number 12, Princess and the Frog for me. I do like that Disney went back to their 2D animation. I thought the villain was really well done. The thing that I loved about that movie the most was the... The music. I do like the, you know, I, I backtracking a little really quick here. So in Wreck-It Ralph 2, you have all the princesses together and they don't like, we don't need a prince and we can do things. I like that. I like how Disney is going that direction. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I like the independence uh, of, of a princess or she doesn't need a man to save her. Um, but I mean, she, she had that mentality of what she wanted to do with her restaurant. I did. It's a good movie, but number 12, number 11 for me, Sleeping Beauty. Um, Sorry. I know. <laughs> it's above the 10 for, and not in my top 10. What I love most about uh, uh, Sleeping Beauty is the character design, uh, the way the animals and the birds are drawn uh, during the dance scene. I love that song. Mm-hmm. I think that that's great. And I love the the art direction, like we the last list from uh, that we talked about, the original one. 
And I think the end scene with Maleficent, she scared me as a kid. Mm-hmm. And I would think, oh, is she in the corner of my room seeing those horns? So that was cool. So I like the villain more than sleep than Aurora. Number 10, Mulan. Um, I think it's great. I, this is one of the, actually the live film kind of ones I'm looking forward to seeing actually to yeah, see where they take that mm-hmm. uh, for historical sense purpose. And I hope they go to that historical sense, that mm-hmm. nonfiction um, Mulan story. And I'm looking, I like, I like periodic pieces. And so I'm looking forward to that more on the live action than I am animated. Number nine on my list was Tarzan with Jane. I liked mm, mm-hmm. her a lot. Tarzan is not one of my favorite ones, but what I liked Tarzan about... Tarzan isn't considered a princess movie? Well, I'm looking at Jane, princess oh, okay. movies in gotcha. a way. All right. She does end up with Tarzan, but I love that naturalist exploring mm-hmm. mindset okay. that, that fits of who I am and our son and getting outdoors and, 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 and going into nature and researching things. So I like that. So number eight, Pocahontas. I really like that movie. Um, I actually do. I, you know, there's some things here and there of to debate in regards to historical things. But um, this is going to sound really weird, but I think it'd be cool. If she had like superpowers. <laughs> you know, the really colors of the wind the, yeah. and like shooting wind. Anyway, so that's my thought. <laughs> number seven: Snow White. Uh, it's, you know, it's in my top ten. It's in the upper top ten, close to the top ten, but. It's the first one. I have to go with that. So number seven, the dwarves. The bride is great too. Um, man, she's she she comes into a house of dirty seven dwarves and, and has to take care of them. So good <laughs> on her. But she really cannot. Um, After going through a she's, terrifying she's, experience, she's really <laughs> tempted by apples for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but anyway, number six for me is brave. I liked mm-hmm. Merida. I, I, it was cool how she wanted to fight and not be like a typical princess, fight that whole role with her mom. I, I agree with you on the relationship with showed great mother-daughter uh, growth Yes. Um, to positive at the end. I, I thought she had a good character arc in it. So I really liked where Disney went. I know there was some rewrites and I know there was some issues with the directors um, during the making of that, but I'd really like that. Number five for me, Moana. Love it. Uh, it's one of those movies that took me a couple of times to like it before I yeah, you did. really liked it. And I think it's wonderful. You you hit the nail on the head, so I'm not going to go any further on that. Number four for me, three and four, I go back and forth on. But number four for me right now is Aladdin. I'm going back to what I said with your list. I really liked how Princess Jasmine showed compassion uh, in the streets. But then I, you know. I'm a fast learner and it really states the fact that um, I believe in what I believe and I'm going to do that and I'm good on my own. So I did like that. Number three for me is Tangled. Just love all of it. All of it. Mm-hmm. Just, I, I love it. Um, and what princess fights with a frying pan? <laughs> yes. Can you imagine her forearms and well, her biceps? Well, she had to lift Mother <laughs> Gothel, what, twice a day at least? So Right. So it's no wonder. I don't, yeah, she should, her arms should have been more bulkier. But <laughs> yes, number two, which took me a very long time. I'm just one of those late comers to this movie, but Frozen. Number two for me is Frozen yeah. with, I like Anna more than Elsa. Um, well, she is the princess. Yes, I. you're right. So was Elsa <laughs> until she became queen. Right. But Which was in the beginning of the movie. <laughs> literally, I'll just say, I cannot wait for Frozen 2. I cannot wait to take our girls to, as a family, our entire yes. family. I cannot wait to do a review on that movie. So number two, Frozen. And my number one <laughs> what is Beauty and the Beast. I agree with that list. Beauty and the Beast is my all-time favorite Disney animated movie. And I think... Uh, well, I remember whenever we first met, you yeah. said that that was the movie that got you interested in animation. Yeah. That, that's when I was like... You're going to do I'm it. I'm doing it. <laughs> Little Mermaid was a little bit there. Right. But... Um, and as you can see, I don't even think I had Little Mermaid on my list. There's a lot out there. But Beauty and the Beast, number one, I think Belle, with her relationship with her father, mm-hmm. she doesn't need the 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 handsome Gaston guy of the town. Right. Um, all, everyone in town thinks she's crazy, but yet they get along with her. And she likes to tinker with things well. they as see well. that she's different, and that's right. what they're unsure of. And that really... I like that message too for our girls to be, if you want to do something, you do it. Don't worry about what other people think of you. And, and she saw beyond, I know we're really yeah. diving <laughs> deep in this, but she saw beyond what looks were and who a person's heart and how 
they can change. Yes. So I really, not just Belle, but I well, love and, that movie. And so that's also, my number one. Yeah, yeah, we also don't like let our kids watch just anything. We try to think about why we're watching it and not just right. let them watch whatever is new just because it's new. Or there's no such thing as true love's first kiss. Yes. <laughs> don't go to the first man you see. But <laughs> you can do things on your own. Yes. Um, so I do like what Disney's doing there. So there's my top 13. I'd like your top 13. And it was something neat that we saw online. And hey, why don't we do that? Mm-hmm. So what a wonderful time we've got to spend. Talk, a lot to go over, which we which we have. And we have more to talk about next week. So, so thanks for listening, yeah, everyone. That's the end of our podcast. And we thank you so much for uh, listening and taking the time. Please go to iTunes. Give us a review. Give us four or five stars. We greatly appreciate that. Help us out a lot. You could also find us through the Mousecapades Network on Tuesdays as well. Every Tuesday, they will drop our podcast. And one more time, Corinne, can you share with our listeners, once again, how they can contact you for Disneyland, Disney World, Universal Studios, et cetera, yes. kind of travel? And and we will have the link um, in our show description too. So if you don't quite get it, that would be fine. And um, you can also reach me at 719-237-1292. Well, that's our show. Thank you for listening to Infinity and Beyond. Have a wonderful day. 